There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. And so, Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of NFL Friday here on this Friday, January 21st of 2022. It is divisional weekend here in the NFL as the playoffs march on. And after a disappointing, I think we can all agree, wild card round, a few blowout games, actually the majority were blowout games. You know, let's hope we have some better action, some better matchups this weekend. And, you know, looking ahead, I think we do. So, should be a better weekend this week. We will, of course, preview this weekend's slate of playoff games. We'll also recap last week's action. Obviously, we have a host on today. I'll tell you who it is in just a second who has a bit of an interest in the last playoff game. I'm sure he has his thoughts to give. That's a bit of a tease for you. But we're going to touch on some local teams as well. We'll discuss the Giants, who, of course, hired their new GM, Joe Shane. He's going to be taking over duties from Dave Gelman, the former Buffalo Bills assistant GM, some thoughts there as well. And of course, as we do every week, we'll do our pick'em segment. And this week, the pick'ems will all be for these divisional games. So I tease there's someone who has a vested interest in last week's playoff games, and that would be Colin Lochran, who is our first co-host of the day. Colin, how's it going? I'm doing great, Mike. I would be doing much better if last weekend's wild card games weren't such blowouts, especially with my beloved New England Patriots being absolutely throttled by the Buffalo Bills. Thankfully, I do still have some vested interest in this week's games as Brady and the Bucks are still very much alive. But really, all of these matchups are marquee ones, in my opinion. You really you can't go wrong with any of these games. Yeah, like I said at the top, I think we should be in store for a better weekend. You know, I think last weekend were some good matchups too, and frankly, unfortunately, uh, disappointed. I mean, I think we had a good game with Cowboys 49ers. I think we had a good game with Bengals Raiders. The rest, not so much. We'll break down those in just a bit. And I would also like to welcome in to today's show our other co-host for the program, Tyler Who. Tyler, welcome into the show. Thank you, Mike. I'm glad to be here. Uh, last week was kind of it kind of just slow in the wild card weekend nothing special i wasn't on the show last week but i did go six for six on my picks uh did somehow pick the 49ers or the cowboys but um it was kind of yeah a weird week uh not very close games obviously colin's team i'm sorry colin um that the patriots got blown out um but i mean i'm doing better this week now that i have like a little bit of certainty as a giants fan i know who our GM is, Joe Shane. We actually know that we have a general manager. That's not Dave Gettleman. So it's up from here. I'm really excited for divisional weekend, considering all I'm really excited for all four games. I think they're going to be four really good games. And I can't wait to talk about it with you guys. Yeah, I think, yeah, we all said, it. I think they're good games. Uh, and unlike you, Tyler, I don't particularly feel bad for Colin as a Patriots hater <laughs> and I don't particularly care, but what are you going to do? But you know what? You just mentioned you're a Giants fan. You just mentioned the hiring of Joe Shane. Yep. And let's get subtle on that before we dive into some playoff talk. So, of course, all of this past week, this past few weeks, since the regular season ended, the New York Giants have been on the hunt for a new general manager, looking for a guy to replace the, frankly, disappointing person, GM, whatever you want to say, that was Dave Gettleman. And today, on this Friday, as we're recording this show, they finally made a decision. They're going with Joe Shane, the assistant GM for the Buffalo Bills. He was the first guy the Giants interviewed. He always seemed to be high on their list. He made it to the second round of candidates when they whittled it down for, I think it was about 11 or 9, something like that, to the final three. 
And so, you know, props to him and he's got the job. It's the Giants first time. It's the first time they turned over football operations to an quote unquote outsider, someone that didn't have previous Giants internal experience since 1979. So it's been a minute. And for a team that has been the worst team in football, arguably, uh, maybe not even arguably, maybe it's just the fact at this point for the last five years or so. I think this was the right move. I think they needed to go on that outside higher. Of course, some of the other candidates that were considered, we had Ryan Poles uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs. He was the executive director of player personnel. And the other guy who has seemed to be in the running, the runner-up, if you will, that was 49ers assistant GM, Adam Peters. You know, I think Peters would have been interesting higher. I mean, with a guy in John Lynch as the 49ers GM, Peters really had to shoulder a lot of the load there. I think he was really responsible for a lot of that turnaround. But look, I think you also got to give Shane a lot of the the, the, the kudos if you will to the bills turnaround he's obviously coming from a winning organization now in buffalo a team that's slowly becoming a perennial winner and you know look i, I think this is a good hire I, I can't knock it in the moment i think now the question is who do the giants bring in as his head coach we'll talk about that in a second but real quick let's just go i want to hear tyler first your thoughts on the hiring of joe shane as gm uh first of all this is like the first good headline that the giants have had since like 2015 2016. it feels so long since the giants have had good news come out of that organization as giants fans been a tough couple five six years but i'm happy i mean like joe shane i'm ha- i was happy with all three of the top three candidates i thought Paul's had a very good background he's young same deal with shane peters has the most experience out of the three i think peters is my first choice but shane was like a one b type of thing it's like I, you can't really go wrong. I think the Giants did their due diligence going outside the organization, which I'm so happy about. I was so worried the moment I knew Gettleman was done. I was so worried we would just promote Kevin Abrams to GM or somebody inside the organization with organizational ties. And I was worried. I like I was not looking forward to this offseason because I was like, what's going to happen here? I'm glad that we hired Shane. I think Shane has very he has. He's done a really good job with with the Bills as the assistant GM to Brandon Bean, um, drafting Josh Allen, Tredavious White, guys like that, developing a really good team, a contender. And Giants aren't going to be competitive in next year, maybe not the year after, but it's time to shed some dead weight from the Gettleman era, pick the right guys with. The Giants have two top 10 picks in this year's NFL draft, five and seven. A lot of assets. It's time to rebuild and rebuild the right way. Um show that we the Giants have a direction and then move from there. So I'm really optimistic, to be honest. Yeah, I think those are really fair points, you know, Tyler. And, you know, I come from a Giants fan. I think that, you know, that's who you want to hear from. I think with a team in the Giants where the fan base has lost so much trust in ownership, when you look at it, I mean, you want to go back to that free medium Pepsi debacle you know, at the end of the season. <laughs> the Maras, who were once the, the the pinnacle owners in this town, the shining light of owners, if you right. were a Mets fan or a Jet fan, you looked at the Maras and said, I want my owners to be like that. And frankly, the table has you know flipped, the tides have turned, and it just – They've gone, they've become some of the most despised owners in town so right now. So for them to get a positive hire and something they fan base approves of, I think is a good thing. But Colin, what are your thoughts on the GM hire? Yeah, I didn't mean to almost step over you there, Mike, my bad, but oh, I concur oh. with both of you. I really like the Shane hire because part of it acknowledges we are indeed a losing organization right now, which is something the Giants really needed to do. Because in my opinion, Tyler, I know you're a Giants fan. You can probably speak to this more than I can. For the last couple of years, it had been, we're still the New York football giants. Right. We'll find a way to push into the playoffs. and it'll be Hold on to that last couple of years of Eli Manning. Exactly. It'll be just like 2007. We'll have a miracle run to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. It's not happening. Right. Hiring somebody like Shane that comes from an organization like Buffalo that was really in the basement for years and years and years, always kind of knocking on the door, never getting out of that basement until recently with Josh Allen because of someone like Shane that has half of a clue what they're doing in the front office. That is the type of hire the Giants needed to make was to get somebody like that from a philosophical perspective into that office. And I love the hire. Uh, The jury's out in terms of what he's going to do head coach wise. I think that's going to be the the next important question, the next important answer that we're going to get here because if he makes the wrong choice for the next head coach, the whole thing goes back to square one. Right. It's, I love the first step, but now we got to keep taking baby steps. You have to make the right hire. Yeah, I would say, you know, Colin, you, you cheated up, and this is the last thing I think we should touch on about the Giants before we 
get into some of the playoff talk. And that is you made the hire at GM and now who's going to be your head coach. And, you know, earlier this week before the hire for GM was official, you know, John Mayer was quoted as saying, you know, the GM will lead the search for the head coach, you know, prior, if you look at the last head coaching hire, I think even the last two with Shermer as well, you know, Shermer and judge Gettleman didn't really have a say in those hires. Those were Mara Tish hires, really Mara more so. But Tish giving you know a, a stamp of approval. The, the the GM and coaching hires have been separated. Now the Giants, kudos to them at least. They're recognizing, you know what, we need the GM and coach to be on the same page. We can't have a Judge Gettleman situation like we just had. So kudos to them for giving Shane, who's going to be the guy, the ability, the tools to pick the head coach. And real quickly, you know, when we talk about who is going to be this next head coach, there's a few candidates out there who the Giants seem to be considering and I think are logical people to consider. The first name we've heard a lot, uh, Brian Flores. Of course, he's a Brooklyn native, so he's from the area. Apparently, he's not only high on the Giants list, he himself is high on them. He would like the job. That's one candidate for you. Of course, with Shane, one of the things that was floated from the beginning, do we have a package deal here? Maybe Brian Dable, offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Maybe he can come down with Shane. There's a Bills connection there. Obviously, he can be that coach. Likewise, Leslie Frazier, he's the D.C. for the Bills. I don't know if that's as likely, but again, there's a connection there. And the fourth candidate that we've heard a bit about, and that is Dan Quinn, of course, the former head coach for the Atlanta Falcons, who has done an excellent job as the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. The Giants put in a request to interview him before they even hired Shane, just because, you know, Dan Quinn was so hot on the coaching market, they didn't want to lose out. So those are your four, if you will, seemingly uh, you know, big names right now in the coaching search, the four names that are getting the most buzz. You know, Tyler, you know, we'll go with you first. And then Colin, I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, of these coaching candidates, who do you like the most? It's for me, it's Flores by far. I don't really, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't really like that. Like, I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of Dable and Frazier. I think we have the Giants have a better in house option than Patrick Graham, who I would mention. Um, Dan Quinn, great coordinator, did a great job in Seattle and doing a great job with the Cowboys. I, I wouldn't say I don't think he's head coaching material. I don't think he's the right guy for the Giants. I just don't think that he has what it takes to, like, stick with the Giants. I think he's more of a defensive coordinator, get a couple years back in the D.C. spot with the Cowboys, and then look for another team, maybe a more established team like the Broncos or the Bears, even the Bears, um, a team that has more of a direction. I think that the Giants should go young. And a guy like Flores, I think Flores is a great leader. The only worry I have is he did clash with the um, front office a little bit in Miami with Chris Greer. I would maybe he wants full control, but I'm sure the Giants can work something out with that. A name that you didn't mention um, that I have been super high on and a lot of Giant circles really like. I don't know if the Giants have really looked at him or interviewed him yet. I don't think they've interviewed him, but Mike McDaniel, the uh, 49ers, I believe he's the offensive coordinator or the run game coordinator. He's gone viral for his uh, post, his um, press conferences. Uh, he's an interesting looking fellow, but a genius. Shanahan's so high on him for a reason. They've worked together for God knows how long. They've been linked, intertwined since all the way back in college. And he has turned that 49ers run game from really good to one of the best in and probably the best in the NFL and just a juggernaut um, year in, year out. Made guys like Raheem Mostert, Elijah Mitchell, even Matt Brito look really good even with like, and with a great offensive line, I think Michael Daniels is extremely innovative. He's young. He, I mean, I just think he's a guy that definitely should be considered in the Giants head coaching search. And him and Flores are my two favorites, like my two favorite candidates by far. My pick here would actually be Dan Quinn for more of a philosophical reason in that the Giants taking this new direction it might be smart to go with somebody that has done a lot when a lot is given to him, because you're clearly going to be in the place for the next couple of years where you're going to be able to draft high, maybe build up that defense, something that Dan Quinn is comfortable kind of controlling as the number one guy there. I mean, who knows? Maybe you get the next Micah Parsons. You get a couple guys like that. You start to strengthen up the defense step by step. It's the old adage defense wins championships. If you're willing to give Dan Quinn a long enough leash and make the right transactions through draft, trades, free agency, yada, yada, yada. It is a smart move to get someone like Quinn. He's been around the block, Seattle, Dallas. I just feel like with Joe Judge, you went with a guy that promised, I'm going to do more with less. I don't need star XYZ. I'm going to make this work, and we're going to win. And you're falling into the same trap. If I were the Giants, I would rather hire somebody like a Dan Quinn where he says, listen, I'm good if I get the right materials to work with, the right players to work with. And if you give me a long enough leash, we'll be where we want to be. 
in a couple of years. But that's not going to happen overnight. I think the franchise is starting to understand that. So for those reasons, I'm definitely high on Dan Quinn as the potential coach for them. I mean, look, I think you guys both bring up some really good points about why certain candidates are better than others. You know, just for me personally, I look at it. I think it's going to come down to Flores or Dable. Apparently, Mara has already even called Flores and said, hey, we're really considering you or something like that. To me, Dable, I think just makes a lot of sense given the connection there with Joe Shane. I think you want a strong connection between your GM and your head coach. You, I mean, speaking from a Jets perspective, obviously, as a Jet fan, so many years the Jets' dysfunction has stemmed from the head coach and GM not being on the same t- page. You know, and I think that speaks for any organization. But, you know, I, I think that's important. So, look, uh, you know, we'll see what happens here. I think, like I said, uh, to me, it's Dable or Flores. My issue with Flores is this. I think Flores is a great head coach, but I'm sorry. I think there's going to have to be some tough, you know, questions in the interview because, frankly, some of the reports out of Miami aren't the best. Now, I get it. They're the ones that fired him. They got to kind of justify, you know, why they let him go. Uh, But, look, he's had several different offensive coordinators since he's been there in just three years. Um, You know, there's the reports that he wasn't communicating with his coaching staff. Now, I don't think Tua is a great quarterback or, uh, you know, uh, a great, like, you know, leader of the Dolphins or something. But, you know, obviously their reports are that he didn't get along with Flores. Was that more Flores? Was that more Tua? I don't know. Um, but then again, the same, the same, you know, the flip side, the, you know, a lot of Dolphins players did come out, you know, saying they were surprised that Flores was fired. So who knows? Let's see what happens. I don't know. But I think, you know, any of those candidates that we mentioned, I think are all solid hires for the most part. Dan Quinn, I don't really know about that. But uh, yeah, some interesting things to see what happens. And some interesting names have been brought up. So let's see what happens over these next few weeks, months, whatever. And let's see who the Giants end up hiring. But you know what? Now let's move on to the meat of the show, obviously. And it's the NFL playoff season. Like I said off the top, we just finished up the wildcard weekend. We have divisional matchups this weekend, two games on Saturday and two games on Sunday. Before we preview this weekend, you know, it's our first show since last weekend, obviously. So I think it'd be only appropriate if we recapped some of the previous games. And look, a lot of games we can touch on. I'm, we're not going to go through all of them in depth, but, you know, let me just read a few of them out. You know, the Bengals beating the Raiders 26-19. In Cincy, you had the Bills demolishing the Patriots at home 47-17. The Bucks demolishing the Eagles down in Tampa 31-15. 49ers slimly or narrowly, excuse me, defeating the Cowboys 23-17. Of course, we'll get into some of the controversy if you guys would like. The Chiefs defeated the Steelers 42-21, another blowout. And then lastly, the Rams beating the Cardinals at home 34-11. Four of those six games were frankly blowouts. Nothing really close or exciting. You know, just for me, if looking at those games we had last weekend, if I was going to pick one game to kind of talk about real quick, and you know, I'll leave you guys your opportunity to talk about any of the other games or touch on this as well, that would be the, the 49ers-Cowboys. I think I think maybe Bengals Raiders was a better game, but this was probably, you know, one the you could say this was the best game as well. Not a lot to choose from, obviously, but still, you know, the 49ers were up 23 to seven in the fourth quarter, but Dallas, you know, they mounted a strong comeback. They cut the lead at 23-17. And, you know, Dallas inexplicably runs a quarterback draw in the final seconds of the game. And then, you know, they they can't get the, the ball spiked in time, clock runs out. They can't get a playoff towards the end zone. Fans go ballistic, throwing garbage at the refs. Just so much going on. Obviously, people are talking about McCarthy. Like, is he really incompetent? You know, all that kind of stuff. So, for me, I don't know. The the 49ers-Cowboy game, that was wacky. I would say that loss. Look, you want to blame the ref? I'm sorry. I think the ref's just doing his job. I think Dak needs to know as a quarterback that the ref himself needs to pick up the ball and, you know, set it. You can't just set it yourself. So, that's on Dak. It's on the coaching staff. And, frankly – after two disappointing years in Dallas, Mike McCarthy, I guess it's a miracle that Aaron Rodgers even won one Super Bowl with him in Green Bay because he hasn't really shown a lot. There's rumblings now that maybe Kellen Moore is going to be promoted to head coach in the offseason so they don't lose him because he's got head coaching interviews. There was a report I heard today that maybe Jim Harbaugh is someone that Dallas could look at. I don't really know. But 49ers-Cowboys, if I was going to pick one game from the last weekend, that's the one I'm going with. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts. Um, you want to go first, Colin? Yeah, sure. If there was one game that I think made me wake up to what this playoffs is all about, it was the Bills Patriots. Not because it was a good game. It was horrible. I mean, I, it came a certain point where I didn't want to watch the rest of the game, but I got an education on just how good this Buffalo team is because for as many bad play calls as Bill Belichick or Steve Belichick or whoever the defensive coordinator was on that particular night for the New England Patriots – I got such an education on how good Allen is. I mean, seven drives down the field, seven touchdowns. Those are video game numbers. And it's not like New England has a, a secondary filled with scrubs. I mean, Jalen Mills, guys like J.C. Jack, these are guys that have played good all year. 
it's not like they woke up and had a couple of good games and that was it. No, there was consistency in that secondary all year. I, I didn't expect the Patriots to win that game, but I didn't necessarily think it was going to be that bad of a blowout. In fact, I thought the defense would kind of keep them in it for the most part. So when Buffalo just starts absolutely ramming the ball down their throats in the run game, the pass game, it was a wake-up call. And Josh Allen with the five touchdowns, I'm looking at this game in a whole new light now against Kansas City, because if that's what you did against a secondary like New England, it's a little bit more well coached in my estimation with Belichick. I think they're going to be able to put up a better fight than I had initially anticipated against the Chiefs. Yeah, um, this is the fifth ranked defense we're talking about in New England in the NFL. And Buffalo had the first ever perfect game offensively, obviously in the two missed extra points, but they went seven drives, seven touchdowns, no turnovers, no punts. Nothing. Unbelievable performance by Josh Allen. More touchdowns than incompletions. I, after kind of like a a down year from last year, because we didn't know how good Josh Allen was last year. This year wasn't as flashy, but he went off. That was an insane game. The game I would also like to talk about, along with what Mike said, for Niners Cowboys. Um, the I think that was the one underdog that actually won this week. Um, it was the, the one 40, road team that won. One oh, the one road team as well. Um, the 49ers, they were in control for most of the game. They just started playing a little too conservative, which did worry me for a little bit. But, I mean, Cowboys fans can blame refs all they want. They can say, oh, like that last play, all they want. If you commit 14 penalties as a team, you don't deserve to win the game. Simple as that. They committed 14 penalties. They look unsloppy. I mean, they look sloppy. They look uncoordinated. They look like they were coaching and the players were on the same, weren't on the same page. Dak didn't play a great game. Well, he didn't play a good game, frankly. He didn't play well. Um, yeah, 49ers deserved to win that game. Actually, I wouldn't even say the 49ers deserved to win that game. It's more the Cowboys deserved to lose that game. They suck. I mean, just sloppy play all around. Um, the 49ers pretty much led them back into the game, and the Cowboys still lost. So you can say what you want about the refs. You can say what you want about, like, X, Y, Z. Dak Prescott did not play a good game. He should take accountability for playing bad. And that last play goal, it's, it was embarrassing. And it was a microcosm of what happened that whole game. The Cowboys just unprepared, sloppy, didn't practice hard, I guess. And Mike McCarthy should not be the head coach of this team next year. Uh, it's obvious to pretty much everybody he's not a good head coach. Aaron Rodgers, this is just a further testament to how great Aaron Rodgers is. He won Mike McCarthy a Super Bowl, as you said. and. Yeah, this team is so talented, yet they're held back by their lack of discipline and poor coaching at the head coach spot. So they need to either hire or retain Kellen Moore or just find something. So I just don't think that this Cowboys team deserved to win that game. Yeah, look, I mean, you guys brought up a lot of good points about these two games, Patriots and then the Cowboys game. And I, just to wrap up the Cowboys point real quick, you know, Tyler, you said it um, that the, it's just the coaching, sloppy coaching. I mentioned it as well, but just sloppy coaching. The penalties, that's on coaching as well. Mike McCarthy just seems so in over his head, and I'm sorry. I just think he has to go. I mean, even earlier this week, if I'm not mistaken, Jerry Jones, who does a weekly radio spot in Dallas, was kind of you know saying he was disappointed in the coaching staff, if I'm not mistaken. So, look, I don't think anyone on that coaching staff – I mean, look, Dan Quinn is probably leaving because he's going to get a head coaching offer somewhere, I think. But I find it hard to believe that most of that coaching staff is going to stick around unless it's Kellen Moore being promoted to head coach or maybe even Dan Quinn getting promoted to head coach. Who knows? But I think – you know, Tyler, like you said, very talented roster. There's so much talent there in that team. It just it's frustrating to a Cowboys fan, I think, to know that you could probably be a contender if only you had a better coaching staff. So I guess we'll see what happens going forward there. And then, you know, Colin, you mentioned that Patriots game, obviously close to your heart. You know, that's the third time in Patriots history that they've lost the playoff game by at least 30 points. The first time was in 1963 in the AFL championship game. And the other time was Super Bowl 20 against the Bears. They've never lost by 30 points in the playoff game with Belichick as the head coach. I'm sure that was a wake-up call to him. Look, I think in the divorce, I'd still say Brady won the divorce. There was like some talk this season about maybe Belichick when they were playing well. It seemed like they could have been a contender, but they lost down the stretch three of the last four, if I'm not mistaken. And then playoffs, that was a disappointment. But because there were so many blowouts, I can't really say there's a whole lot more to touch on in these playoff games from last week. We can maybe reference them some more in the preview ahead. One last thing, though, I do want to say is, that Bengals Raiders game, the inadvertent whistle by a referee. I'm not saying the Bengals wouldn't have won. I still think they're the better team anyway, but look, 
uh, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, you know, uh, second late in the second quarter, Joe Burrow rolls out in the red zone, finds Tyler Boyd in the back of the end zone uh, before, you know, Burrow ran out of bounds. Uh, the play put the Bengals up 20 to six. However, there was an inadvertent whistle before the play was over. Some Raiders players seemed to have stopped playing because of that whistle. You know, by, by rule, the play should have stopped. They should have they should have redone the down, but they left touchdown stand. Bengals went up. The momentum was on Cincy's side. I know the game came down to a final play, but look, to me, it's just a larger overall point about the officiating this league. I think the officiating this year, especially, has been sloppy. I think the refs, some of them are just too old. I'm sorry. I just think that's how it is. Uh, look, you're, 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 you have to run all over the field. You got to be paying close attention. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say, I don't want to be ageist here and say we can't have old refs, but I mean, I just, I, I, I don't know to me the, the, the officiating overall this year and in the playoffs has been sloppy, but look, I've, I've, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that since Raiders moment, but you know what? It's NFL Friday. It's not NFL Monday. We're not a recap show or a preview show. So let's look ahead to this weekend. And I thought it'd be good. If in looking at this week's slate of games, we're obviously do our picks at the end. If maybe we each highlighted two matchups to, for people to look at for this weekend, two things that kind of stand out for us. So, you know, I'll get us started first, you know, first off and give some matchups that I am looking forward to seeing. The first one, and I think a lot of NFL fans are looking forward to this, the return of Derrick Henry, who was, of course, placed on IR on November 1st because of a fractured foot. He passed his uh, recovery hurdles. He was practicing with contact and he's going to be activated prior to the game this weekend. You know, despite missing eight games, you know, Henry still rushed for 937 yards, which is still sixth among all running backs. The guy missed eight games and he's still one of the top rushers in the league. He's just absolutely insane. And I got to say props to the Titans. When I thought when Henry went down, you know, I thought they were pretty much done for. I didn't see them still even, I thought the AFC South was up in jeopardy. Not only did they still win the division number one seed for them. So again, Interested to see him coming back, and he's going up against a Bengals defense, number five rushing defense in the NFL. That is a good matchup and a good storyline to watch. And then the second matchup I think is pretty interesting. That is going to be the Chiefs offense versus the Bills defense. Of course, the Chiefs beat the Bills in the AFC Championship game last year, 38-24. And then earlier this year, when the Chiefs were in a bit of a slump, keep that in mind, the Bills defeated Kansas City 38-20 in week five of this past season. So, Look, this, these two teams have some history recently. They're two of the two of the better, if not the two best teams in the AFC. I think the Chiefs are still the class of the AFC because of, uh, you know, obviously Super Bowl champion. They were in the Super Bowl last year. You know, Mahomes, killer game last week, 400 yards, five touchdowns, 400 plus yards, excuse me. Um, you know, and Buffalo, number one defense in the NFL. They've surrendered the fewest points per game, number one in fewest yards allowed per game, passing yards per game. Um, you know, they're great against the tight end. Uh, just – uh, just fantastic defense all around. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Mahomes and that Kansas City offense versus the Bills and this amazing defense. So my two matchups, and I want to hear Tyler and I want to hear Collins' thoughts as well. That's going to be the return of Derrick Henry and then the Chiefs' offense versus the Bills' defense. Yeah, so um, I guess matchups to watch. My, I, I was also going to go with that Derrick Henry one. Um, regarding that. Um, I was going to talk about like a player watches DJ Reader, the uh, Bengals defensive tackle, who has been such an instrumental part to that Bengals run defense. Him, Logan Wilson, the linebacker, have pretty much turned that run defense to a really good run stopping unit. As you said, fifth best run defense in the NFL. Derrick Henry coming back, we don't know. I, I mean, I'm assuming he's like not 85, 9%. They said he's, I mean, he's active, obviously. I don't think he's going to be 100% right away. I think he, as you know, Derek Henry, he usually starts games a little just easy into it and then goes off in the second half. I don't know if he's going to have that luxury this week considering how high scoring that Bengals offense is. Uh, but I didn't want to steal I didn't want to steal that point. So my two matchups this week are David Bakhtiari, who I believe is active, versus whoever the whoever he's going to line up against, who I'm assuming is going to be Nick Bosa. Bakhtiari coming back off of injury, uh, been out for a little while against I'm going to put Nick Bosa there, arguably one of the best edge rushers in the NFL, arguably top three, uh, having an unbelievable season in conversation for comeback player of the year. Um, it's going to be a litmus test for Bakhtiari, who's arguably the best or the second best left tackle in the NFL. But who knows where he's at? 70%, 75%, 80%, maybe maybe he's 100% and ahead of schedule. But if that's what I'm like expecting – that's going to be a great matchup considering, and that could flip that game on its head. Um, 
that Packers 49ers game, which I believe will be a very hotly contested, very close game, very good game. And my second matchup to watch is Travis Kelsey versus whoever's whoever's guarding him. The reason I say that is because there's so many options for the Bills. Yeah, the Bills are very good at covering tight ends. Very, very good pass defense. That being said, they've only seen Travis Kelsey once this year. And Travis Kelsey is one of one of the best receiving tight ends in NFL history. Um, the Bills are well-equipped to stop him, though, or to limit him, because you can't stop Travis Kelsey. They got Mike Hyde, who had a pick in the um, wildcard round, Jordan Poyer, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano. And whoever wins that matchup, I think, wins that Bills-Chiefs game. Yeah, three times the charm on one of my picks. I'm looking at that Cincy defensive front against Derrick Henry. I know we've all mentioned it. To me, that is just a crucial matchup for that game because Derrick Henry is one of those guys where you line him up and his presence alone will put fear into the hearts of the opposing defense, and it changes what Ryan Tannehill has to do. Do I like Ryan Tannehill potentially having to throw the ball 50 times? No. I don't think anybody in their right mind does. But do I like Ryan Tannehill a little play action, maybe throwing it 20, 24 times. Yeah, I think he can work with that. So I think adding Derrick Henry back into this equation is going to help the Titans exponentially. And they were a good unit even without him, as they proved, getting that number one seed. My other matchup that I'm watching, and this is one that I think is going to be fascinating from a scheme point of view, the Bucks secondary against the Rams receivers. I trust the Bucs secondary, but I'm also very aware of how good Los Angeles receivers are. Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham Jr., Tyler Higby's not a scrub either. He's a very underrated tight end. In my estimation, he was a safety valve for Jared Goff. He's now a legitimate weapon for a guy that can actually throw the football in Matthew Stafford. I think you're going to see some great matchups between those two units. I mean, the Bucs secondary, you know, they've had moments throughout this season where they've looked shaky. But I think ultimately there's a group of guys there, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy, Bunting, White, uh, Whitehead, guys like that that can kind of make it work. It's just going to be talent versus how that secondary chooses to be working as a unit together and scheme-wise, what Bowles chooses to put out there as well. So that's going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, I mean, look, I think you guys – look, we all said – Bengals, Titans, Derrick Henry, the the rush uh, defense. So I think we've all hit the nail on the head there. Not much use in recapping that any further, but it really touched on the two last matchups that you guys mentioned. Uh, Bakhtiari versus Bosa are really that, you know, the 49ers defense pass rush versus that Packers O-line. And then Colin, you know, you mentioned just now the Rams wide receiving core with Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup going up against that, you know, Tampa Bay secondary, which has been at times plagued by injury. Don't really know we're going to go there, but Overall, I still think it's one of the better defenses in the league. So, look, I think both those matchups are interesting to see because, frankly, I think Rams, uh, Rams, uh, Buccaneers, and Packers 49ers are arguably the two best games of the weekend, I think, maybe. I mean, I think overall we have some really good matchups. I, I mean, Chiefs, I, 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 I think they're all great. But I think these are some really good matchups to touch on. And I think, hey, if you're an NFL fan, you're watching these games, Keep these in mind as you're watching. I think it'll help to give you something to watch, something to enjoy. Uh, but before we move on to our picks, our playoff picks, which we're about to do, uh, I don't know if you guys have any final thoughts on any of these kind of matchups or highlighted players. Um, just players to watch. As I'm, I mean, I guess I mentioned DJ Reader, but I mean the other guy that everybody in the NFL should be watching right now is Debo Samuel, probably the most exciting player in the NFL. Um, gets the ball in every way imaginable: run, pass, catch everything he's a jack of all trades and i can't even say master of none because he's really good at catching the ball and really good at running the ball he's going to play a massive role in this uh 49ers packers game and i mean if you don't know who Debo samuel is like what are you doing this guy is one of the most fun players i've ever and i know this is, might be an overreaction because he's in his third year in the nfl but he's one of the most fun players i've ever seen play the game of football the fact that he can be so good at so many different things He's and the way the, the 49ers use him is unbelievable. So, yes, keep your eye on Debo Samuel this weekend. Number 19 is going to play a massive role with this game. I'll be watching the quarterbacks. I know that's cliche. I know those are the marquee names that everyone thinks of, but never underestimate that someone could come out of the woodwork, maybe make a name for themselves. Someone like a Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, have a great playoff game, really continue to build their own legacy. Someone like a Brady, older, continue to build that legacy or 
maybe Aaron Rodgers. Who knows? Maybe this is his last run in, in Green Bay. The jury's out on that one. But just so many storylines with the quarterbacks to watch. That's what I'll be paying attention to. I think those are some more good things to keep in mind. Debo Samuel, the quarterbacks, good stuff there, guys. All right. Now it is that time, as we do on every edition of NFL Friday, it is time to do our pick'ems segment. Of course, it's the playoffs, so we're going to have a lot of games to go through, just four here. But, hey, we're still going to pick them anyway. So let's get started here. First off, Cincinnati traveling to the number one seeded Tennessee Titans. Let's get it started off with Colin. Colin, who do you got? I'm taking the Titans in this one. Derrick Henry's back. We've touched on it throughout this show. In eight games, the guy had 937 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns. That's more touchdowns than many running backs sniff in a full season. In my mind, he's an X factor. Since he's held up well against rushing attacks all season long, we don't know how they'll do against Derrick Henry. So I have to assume that Derrick Henry will find a way to plow over these guys. Also, that really helps Tennessee's clock advantage your ability to control the clock in a football game specifically a playoff football game really helps your chances of winning said game further i just really like the fact that now ryan Tannehill has him back he's a smart guy when he has people around him that can help him along not so much when he's all alone in that pocket it becomes a very lonely place for ryan Tannehill. we saw that a little bit this year shaky 14 interceptions without Henry in that span of time, really. So I still like Tennessee. They're the number one seed for a reason. I think Joe Burrow will put up a fight. The encouraging part for Cincinnati has to be that Tennessee's secondary is not very good against air attacks. If Burrow's going to win this game, he's going to have to win it in a shootout and throw the ball a lot. And I just don't see that happening. I'm taking Tennessee here. Tyler? Um... I'm going to go opposite. I'm rolling with Cincy uh, for the sole reason that Joe Burrow is just red hot right now, playing the best ball of arguably some of the best ball that any quarterback's playing in the NFL over since like week late in the season. He's been ridiculous. And as I said earlier in the show, Derrick Henry, he usually is a slow starter, but gets hot in the second half, just fires away. Who knows if he can do that when, since when Tennessee's down like 10, down 17. This and I I know they're the one seed for a reason. They play unbelievable without Derrick Henry. That being said, this Tennessee secondary, as we said, is very it's not very strong. You're gonna have Christian Fulton or um lined up against Jamar Chase or T. Higgins. And the way that Joe Burrow's been playing recently, I think he's gonna have that signature I'm here moment in the NFL and have a massive game against um this Titans defense. It's gonna be a fun game. And I'm going to go Cincinnati. I'm going to give a score prediction, 38-28 Cincinnati. Uh, Wow, Tyler going bold with the score prediction. Don't usually do that here on NFL Friday, but we appreciate it. All right, well, for me, I'm going to go with Tyler as well. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I just think, like he said, they're pretty hot right now. Tennessee, look, sometimes having that extra week uh, as a playoff team, number one seed can be good, get healthy, but sometimes it can also kind of kill your momentum, especially if you have a team that's red hot coming in. I know Tennessee's at home. But, you know, playing in Tennessee isn't exactly like playing at Lambeau or I don't know where you want to say in Seattle, something like that. It's not exactly the best playoff environment or home environment ever. Um, and look, Joe Burrow, Tyler said it, red hot right now, as like as the Bengals are as a whole, but Joe Burrow in particular, playing some great ball. You got Jamar Chase, you got T. Higgins, you got Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. Look, also, I, I you know, we, we said Derek Henry coming back. He's, he's still one of the top rushers in the NFL. I still think he'll be great next year, but... He hasn't played since November. We don't know where you're getting out of him. You don't know how many snaps he's going to get. I don't necessarily know if you're going to be able to rely on him to be that every down workhorse back that he usually is for this team, for this Titans team. So that means more Ryan Tannehill, like has been mentioned. I don't know. I'm going to have to go with Cincy. I just, I, it's a gut feel. I, I like the Bengals in this game. All right, next up, San Francisco at Green Bay. Tyler, who do you like? Uh, I'm rolling with the underdog here. Road underdog. I'm rolling with San Francisco. Um, the 49ers recently matched up with the Packers. They play week three, and this is before San Francisco really got rolling. And the Packers won 30-28. The 49ers have played the Packers over a couple times over the couple past couple of years. LaFleur and Shanahan are very familiar with each other um, as they were both assistants with Washington back in the day and both two of the best head coaches in the NFL right now. That being said, I'm going to roll with the 49ers just because I think their run game is give, will continue to give the Packers fits. They've, they've done it year in, year out, every time they play. The 49ers run over the Packers every time. And I know 
it's hard to bet against the best team in the NFL record-wise. It might not be the smartest decision, but, you know, got to take risks sometimes. Uh, the Fort, the Packers, I think that they're unbelievable team. They're this Rodgers is going to win MVP. That being said, I think that the 49ers are, red, as I said, red hot right now, riding momentum, have beaten really good teams recently. And I think that they play a very safe brand of football and they just run the ball down the Packers' throats to a close win. Do I give a score prediction this game? Should I? I, I wrote score predictions for all four of them. I mean, you, you do what you want. I, we don't usually do score predictions, but you right. feel yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I'm just going to toss out a 27-24 49ers score prediction. I wrote them for all four games. I just want to get an idea. Oh, hey, look, we, yeah. we appreciate the extra work. I'm sure the listeners yeah. do as well. All right, Colin, who do you like? People are saying this one's a toss-up. The spread's very close on this one. That was something I considered with all of my picks. But I don't see it that way. In my mind, it's Lambeau Field. It's cold. It might snow. Who knows? It's Jimmy Pretty Boy Garoppolo going to cold <laughs> Lambeau Field and hoping to beat a team that is 8-0 at home this year in the Green Bay Packers. And Aaron Rodgers, who has 37 touchdowns to only four interceptions. I just don't see San Francisco pulling off an upset in this one, at least not if you're going to hope that Jimmy Garoppolo has a shootout with Rodgers and actually wins. I don't think there's many quarterbacks at all who could have a shootout with Rodgers and win. The only way that I see San Francisco making this one really, really close is if Elijah Mitchell has a huge day. Obviously, last week, wildcard weekend against Dallas, 96 yards for him and a touchdown. He's going to have to do a little bit more than that, even if he wants to keep the Niners close. I've said it since day one, every time I've been on NFL Friday, controlling the run game helps your pass game. And for the 49ers, when you have Jimmy Garoppolo and not someone like a Brady or a Rodgers running your offense, you need to have a strong run game. So for those reasons, I'm taking the Packers to win this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers as well. I mean, I think, frankly, Green Bay has been the best team in the NFC this year, arguably the best team in the NFL this year. If I'm not mistaken, again, and I don't want to be beholden to this, I'm pretty sure before the season started, I picked Packers-Bills as my Super Bowl matchup. So I, it would behoove me to pick the Packers here and get them in the Super Bowl. I'm not necessarily saying I want a Packers-Bills Super Bowl, but I don't know. The bottom line is I think the Packers are just a better team, better quarterback, better head coach. Although I think Shanahan is good. I think LaFleur is maybe a better head coach. That could be a product of the talent, but I digress. And, you know, like it, Colin mentioned, this is Lambeau Field in the winter. And look, obviously, you never know what's going to happen at Lambeau. You can think about the Giants in 2007. They went in there and pulled the upset. I get that. But until proven otherwise, the Packers are the best team in the NFC. Like I said, maybe the best team in the NFL. And I just think this is a big matchup. I think maybe San Francisco could be, I don't know, maybe reading a little bit of their own headlines with that Cowboys win, potentially. Rogers off some extra rest. I don't think, I think San Francisco should be a little bit worried. Give me Green Bay. All right, next up. The Rams traveling to the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Colin, who do you got? See, in my mind, everyone will be talking about Brady versus Stafford because it's a very sexy quarterback matchup. Two guys that can easily have a good shootout back and forth. Like we were talking about earlier, this is really going to come down to the Bucs secondary against those Rams wide receivers. I trust the Bucs defense as a whole. I like their front line. I like Vita Vey. I like Shaquille Barrett. I like the fact that Levante David is back. That's secondary, good too. Good names are Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, Antoine Winfield. The list goes on for Tampa Bay. When I look at this game, I have to take the Buccaneers. You're the defending champions. You're at home. It's Tom Brady. He's proven in the playoffs over and over again. I've been blessed to watch him for as long as I have. I'm not going to stop believing now. Mike, like you, I picked... Uh, my Super Bowl at the beginning of the year was actually Bucks and Bills, so it would behoove me here to pick the Bucks. Also, interestingly, the Bucks are getting back Leonard Fournette in this game. That is a big deal in my estimation because before he went out, he had 812 rushing yards, eight touchdowns in the ground, and 69 receptions. That gives Brady a very nice outlet that he really didn't have in Giovanni Bernard. I like what Fournette can do with the passing game more than I like what Bernard or those other backs could do, especially when you got big Aaron Donald running right at you. It might be helpful for 43-year-old Tom Brady to just look over at Fournette and throw an easy check down. I'm taking the box here. Oof, I've, I guess I'm going to have to go opposite you this time. I'm going with the Rams. 
The Rams, uh, Rams Chiefs was my preseason Super Bowl pick. I'm around with the Rams for the reason that the Rams is first of all, it's really hard to repeat in the NFL. I don't think the Bucs will repeat this year. Obviously, it's crazy to bet against Brady. We've seen it too many times. Colin knows as well. Uh, Colin being a Patriots fan, seeing Brady for his whole life pretty much. Betting against Brady's tough. That being said, Stafford's playing really well. That that Rams team is rolled. I mean, they they ended the season a little bit cold with that uh, 49ers loss, but they won the division. It doesn't matter. They killed the Cardinals in the uh, wild card game, and it wasn't even. It, they looked like a, a complete team. Offense, defense, running the game. Stafford played extremely efficient. The Bucks secondary has been banged up all year, and sure they might be getting a little healthy now. I just don't think they they can stop Cup. Um, OBJ, Van Jefferson, Higby, even Cam Akers coming out of the backfield, Sony Michelle. This Rams team is extremely loaded right now, and they are missing some pieces. Andrew Whitworth and Taylor Rapp will be out. That being said, the Bucks are also missing major pieces like Chris Godwin out for the he's not going to be playing, obviously, towards ACL. Uh, we all know what happened with Antonio Brown. Um, and R- Roja, Ronald Jones is not playing, I believe. Um, the addition, re-addition of Leonard Fournette is really good, but I think this Bucks team is a little too shorthanded. And betting against Brady is crazy, but I'm going to ride with my preseason pick. I'm going with the Rams in this game. I think it's going to be a really, really good game, though. Yeah, you know what? I'm going with the Bucks in this one, just simply for the fact that, look, obviously there have been moments in the playoffs where Brady didn't come through. You want to mention the two Super Bowls against the Giants. You want to mention the Eagles Super Bowl, but that was really more the Patriots defense than anything else. You want to mention one of my favorite games of all time, Jets-Patriots in the 2010 AFC Divisional Playoffs. But that being said, most of the time, the majority of the time, Brady comes through and he usually pulls off a victory. And in this case, he's at home. And look, this Rams team, I get it. They're, they demolished the Cardinals last week. To me, that was really more of, uh, you know, evidence of the Cardinals not really being what we thought they were. They really struggled down the stretch. They really didn't show anything down the stretch. And then they got demolished in the playoffs. I think that more had to say something about the Cardinals than the Rams. So for me, when I look at this matchup, again, I just, as much as I am not a Brady fan, until proven otherwise, as long as he's in this league, I just can't help it, especially with them being at home. They're the defending champs. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl this year by any means, but if it's Brady versus Stafford, I'm going to have to go Brady. Give me Tampa Bay. And then last up, our final playoff game of the weekend, that is the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. Tyler, who do you like in this game? Um, contrary to what happened earlier in the season when the Chiefs were not rolling, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs lost 38-20 to the Bills earlier this season, and that was when they were 2-2. Two and two. They ended up 2-3, and three, and we were questioning the Chiefs uh, in just general. Uh, the Chiefs were, oh, the Chiefs don't have a defense. Oh, the Chiefs can't run the ball. Patrick Holmes is not. The Chiefs showed up. They uh, went untouched. They were untouchable down the stretch with that one loss to the Bengals. They were, and they just, both teams coming off of blowout win with extremely great offensive outputs, the Bills killing the um, Patriots and the Chiefs ruining Big Ben's last game uh, with that five touchdown performance from Patrick Mahomes and even passing touchdown from Travis Kelsey. That being said, I know the Bills might be a little more of a complete team this uh, this year, but I just think that Patrick Mahomes at home in, uh, in Arrowhead, Jihad Stadium, whatever you want to call it, I, it's hard to beat that team at home. And this is a Chiefs team that is on fire. Tyreek Hill pretty much 100% again. Travis Kelsey, who I do think is going to have a great game. I, I mentioned that matchup before. I think they're going to feed Travis Kelsey and get him open any way possible. I think the Chiefs win this in a in a shootout. Um, I, I forgot to give a score prediction for the last game, but um, 38-34 Chiefs. It's going to be, I think, the best game of the four this week. I see this as the toss-up game that others are calling the Green Bay 49ers game. This is the toss-up game of the weekend, in my estimation. I don't think I could really argue if somebody picked Kansas City, but I'm going to pick Buffalo for reasons that I'm I'm about to lay out here. I really just like Buffalo's secondary. Micah Hyde, Dane Dane Jackson, that's a guy that's not getting a lot of love, but I think he should because he's pretty versatile in terms of what he could do. I think as his career progresses, he'll play a little bit more of that free safety type of role. But really, Josh Allen's motivated. 
He remembers what happened last year. Stefan Diggs remembers what happened last year against Kansas City in that AFC Championship game. These guys have been waiting for this matchup all season long. You're kidding yourselves if you don't think they remember what happened and they're not excited for this type of a game. Last weekend, Allen was phenomenal. 308 yards, five touchdowns, all that good stuff against the New England Patriots. Don't sleep, by the way, on Devin, Devin Singletary. The guy can run the football, and you're going to need to do that against Kansas City because they're not going to run the ball. If Buffalo can get a little bit of the run game going and then have that play action with Josh Allen, they're going to be just fine. Singletary last week, 16 carries, 81 yards, two touchdowns. If he can do something similar in that ballpark against Kansas City, I really like Buffalo's chances. I'm taking the Bills. Yeah, look, I'm going to be the tiebreaker here, and I'm going with Buffalo as well. As much as it pains me, I hate the Bills. I hate the Patriots more than any other team. And you had to give me a second one, it's probably Buffalo. They, I just despise them. But look, I think, you know, Colin, you mentioned it. This is probably the most evenly matched game of, of the year, of the se- the post the postseason, excuse me, or the year too. I don't really care what you want to say. But the bottom line is the Bills, Chiefs, they're neck and neck. And I can see either team coming out of this. But you know what? The Bills, I'd be afraid of playing them right now. This team seems to be on a different level at this current moment. I mean, for a team to do what they did to build Belichick in the playoffs, and I get he doesn't have Tom Brady anymore. This isn't the Patriots defense of 2007 or something like that, but they just embarrassed them. And I get it was at home and it was cold and I get all that. But for the Bills to do that, that really said something to me. And look, I get Patrick Mahomes is a billion times better than Mac Jones. Don't get me wrong. I think this game's going to be close. But you know what, Colin, you mentioned it too. This Bills team is motivated. I think they remember what happened last year. I think they're pissed off. And I think they're going to go in there trying to prove themselves, trying to say, hey, we're the team to beat now in the AFC. And I'll say this about the Chiefs. Look, start off the year very sloppy. I didn't really know what we were getting out of them. I know they went on a run. I know they ended up with the number two seed in the AFC. I get all that. To me, I never really bought back into them. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not a good team. They're still a great team. And I still think they could get to the Super Bowl and all that. But to me, they still, and I'm sorry, it's just my gut. They still don't seem like that same Chiefs team that we've seen the past couple of years, those world beaters. They seem vulnerable, at least from my, my perspective, they do. And with this ball hawking Bills secondary, Colin, you mentioned it. It seems like every time a quarterback drops back to pass, it always seems like something can get picked off. You know, that crazy interception Micah Hyde had last week. It, it seems like nothing's out of, out of question, out of the realm of possibility for this Bills defense. So, I mean, I'd be afraid of them. I think Josh Allen just, again, lit it up last week, see what he can do this week. It's going to be a great game, evenly matched, but I'm going to have to go with the Bills. I think they're going to win that one and get to the AFC Championship game. So that is going to do it for uh, our pick segment. Excuse me. That is going to do it for us on this edition of NFL Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. You can listen to the show every week on iTunes, Spotify, WFUBsports.org, or wherever you get your podcast. For Colin Lochran and Tyler Hill, I am Michael Legan. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. Hopefully we have some better games this weekend. NFL Friday is a production of WFUV Sports.